Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Hi, welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Hubbard. I have got Brianna and Melissa here to talk about team players in a contractor's world. That's the topic we're tackling in this podcast episode. Um, so just some kind of some backstory or some foundational work here uh, before we dive into this. Um, clearly, there are actual contractors, 1099 folks who come in and you know do a certain job, maybe even for an extended period of time. And so and depending on your industry, you may be very familiar with that or that may not be something you... Uh, you do, but that's the true sense of the word contractor, right? But the way we're going to approach this and talk about this is we feel like in this day and age, in this environment, in the workplace, there are even W-2 full-time employees maybe receiving benefits depending on the size of their company and what they can offer. But there are people who are true employees that act like contractors, right? And, and I get some of that. In all seriousness, I think this has been business driven in the wrong direction for years and years and years. I think companies treated even their full-time employees like contractors, almost like I paid you to do this job, do this job. I don't care about, you know, your life after work. I don't care about your family. I don't care about it. Just, just do it and get it done. And that's what we pay you for. And that happened not everywhere, but that happened a lot. And a lot of companies, especially in America, um, we've seen that in, in the workplace, in our culture, um, but I'm sure it happened around the world. Um, now, it's kind of the shoes on the other foot because employees are thinking like, okay, well, guess what? We learned and now we're going to be the contractor, right? Even if I'm getting your pay and your benefits and your vacation and whatever, I'm going to show up and I'm going to stand in the corner. I'm going to do what I have to do to get by. It's kind of to our disengagement numbers we talk about, right? I'm going to do just enough to get by and then I'm out of here, right? Because you don't care about me. I don't care about you. So I think both extremes are clearly off base. It's not part of the VIP way. So what we want to talk about today is regardless of what your pay stub says, right? Whether you're a contractor, full-time employee, or you lead one of the others of those, we want to talk about what are some things you can do to create an environment uh, that, that brings together a team, that brings people around a common goal, a common mission. Um, and then also individualistically, how can we act in a way that no matter what we do for the company or how we're employed by them, are we fitting into that team environment? Are we uh, working alongside people in the correct way? Um, or are we out kind of doing this thing solo? So again, that that's I just want to add some clarity there because again, you hear a contractor and you're thinking, oh yeah, that's somebody you pay X amount of dollars to do this one job and you never see them again. Can be like that, but I think the best environments use everybody around the table uh, to create that team and the team atmosphere for, for their folks. So um, Brianna, I know I'll start with you just because in, in our world, you are the true contractor, right? That Melissa, Madeline, John, myself, full-time employees here. Um, and we've talked about in other episodes, what you do and most of your time and with your kids, um, and teaching. And that, that's just that that's the place you are in life right now where you're saying, Hey, I can give X amount of hours to you guys. And, and we love it because you're awesome at what you do for us, but you're a true 1099 contractor for the John Harrison team. Um, so you've kind of seen that you, you've seen how being a contract, true contractor, has worked. So what, what is your impression of being a, a team member, a team player uh, in that in that situation? Well, I just think it's amazing to work for a company, one, 
who uh, was open to the idea of taking on a contracting position for their employees. I think that goes back to, we just got done talking about knowing your people and helping your employees feel valued um, to show that the loyalty there with the company, I mean, they were definitely open to it. And so I, I felt that from the very beginning that, you know, that my work would be valued, that I was so much a part of this team. And so that was exciting for me. Um, uh, we're, yeah, so just a little bit about my background. If if you're new to the, this is the first episode you're listening to, I worked in the media industry for uh, about 20 years, um, mainly newspapers and magazine publications. Um, some marketing also for those entities, but um, I was in a very freelance heavy um, environment. Um, a, it's no surprise that newspapers are very short staffed with um, full-time employees. And so um, a large portion of our staff members, writers, photographers, graphic designers, editors were freelance contractors. Um, so this was new for me, be coming into the John Harrison company as um, a part-time position, then a contractor who works from home and and mainly my interactions with you all are few and far between in person. They're mainly through, you know, phone calls, inter uh, Zoom meetings now, the beauty of Zoom meetings. But, um, but it has been so nice to work for a group that is so loyal. And so I feel an obligation because of that love to for that loyalty to be reciprocated. We talk about two-way street. And so, you know, this team environment, I've always felt a part of the team, whether I'm in person or away. Um, I know that's not always the case, but I can give you some good examples of uh, just that good communication. And that has evolved over the years. I think that when we first started getting into it, it was a little bit bumpy. And I think, you know, as a part of that too, as a part-time, you know, communicating with figuring that all out. But my goodness, these last two years, you guys, and that's, you know, John, Melissa, Tanner, Madeline, y'all have done a great job of organizing things. So from a contractor perspective, it has been um, amazing to see together because the co communication is just so um, rich in the discussion of what the projects are going to be. You bring me in on the discussion of what's going on. You give me the background of, uh, you know, what the team is up to, what the company is up, you know, so I'm in the know of things. So that makes it so easy. And then the communication about projects of, you know, um, you guys have a great organizational system where everything that is referenced it is clickable and I can go and see it. And, and so just the just directions, I feel like rarely there are times where I'm like, you know, I'm not really clear on what you need from me here. So that is just, it, it's how it's supposed to work in my opinion with contractors. That's a great promo spot, you know, cause we're about to post a bunch of jobs and we just brought Brianna in to tell ever to tell the world how awesome we are. No, I'm just kidding. I had no idea what she's going to say, but I love to hear that from your perspective, it's it's going well both ways. Because clearly from an organizational side, we are thrilled with the quality of the work you produce, the timeliness of your work. And it's in our best interest to inform you and keep you in the loop because you're representing this team and this mission and this, and you're helping, especially in the media world, because I know you help a lot with the stuff going out, so to speak. 
And it's really good for us. It's in our best interest that you know what's going on, if that makes sense, right? So I, I just say that because I think that applies to other companies as well. I do think we've gotten better over time and, and, and we're kind of in our sweet spot and I love that but it wouldn't have made a lot of sense for us to like keep you in the dark, right? And be like, hey, yeah. let's just throw things at Brienne and, and hope she gets them done for us because it might have not have been anything like we were trying to achieve because uh, it wasn't our look or our feel or whatever. So I do think that's something that gets missed sometimes is we treat contractors like, well, they're just they're just taking out the trash for us over here, right? We don't need to, to do, you know, they just need to do that one thing for us. It's like, no, no, they still represent you, right? They still yes. are, are bringing your face to the public, so to speak, whether they're in your you know media role or not. Well, that's how, you know, when I was in the newspaper organization, that's how it worked. We, they were the face of our publications, whether they were, you know, uh, working for us full time or they were a freelancer. So we valued them greatly. Um, some of the things that we did was um, anytime that there were events that, um, the newspaper or magazine was doing, we would invite them and include them because they were such a part of the um, publication success that we we wanted them to feel like a part of the team. Any sort of promotional swag that we had that had our branding, our logo on it, we got it to our, our freelancers too so they can, you know, just feel that ownership um, in the project and the work they're doing. I know on the flip side of that, um, and I've been in environments like this, too, with certain publications where there is this disconnect with freelancers or contract workers where we, you know, leaders get so busy in the day to day and then managing their own employees. It's kind of like, well, I gave that contractor their assignment now, you know, and they do feel isolated and not a part of teams. So you definitely want to um, steer in the other direction of that. But recognizing that if you are someone who manages contractors um, to take a look at your relationship with your freelancers and um, really see if if they feel like they are a part of the team have you done you know different things little things here and there and then on the grander scale of including them explaining things so that even though they're they are a contractor freelancer that um, they're in the know and they feel a part of the mission well, I didn't hear just a minute. We'll kind of talk about the other side of this coin about employees feeling like contractors and, and kind of some ways we can probably be better. We can all be better at being team players, but Melissa, I know in your kind of first corporate job, you, you saw, I know y'all employed a ton of contractors, so you saw some similar things. And I, I mean, I feel like that you've stories you shared that that went fairly well, but what was your experience with bringing in true contractors, you know, 10 tiny employees and integrating them into your workplace team? Yeah, so um, I'll just go ahead and call the, the company name if sure. I can. I mean, yeah. um, it was Axiom, which was absolutely my very first corporate job. But they they always did an excellent job of bringing those contractors, those 1099 folks in and just incorporating them. And of course, you know, it depended on what area of the business it might be in. Some did it better, some did not do it so well. But the, the group that I was associated with did a really good job of it. And, you know, if there was birthday cake in the break room, they invited them in to have birthday cake. If they did an outing or a float trip to the Buffalo River, they invited them to that float trip. You know, they just did a really good job of, of making them feel like they were part of the family. But also the other thing that they did was they included them in um, new hire orientation. 
Now, it wasn't the full-blown four weeks that we were doing at that point in time, but um, they did bring them in. They gave them some of the company background and history because they wanted them to feel invested in it, and they wanted them to know, particularly if they were longer-term contractors. So if they were like 12 to 18 months on a project, which was the typical or the standard, um, you know, they wanted them to know. They wanted them to feel invested in and understand what the company stood for. Um, if I can flip to the other side of it for just a second... Um, the employees who uh, deem themselves as contractors or act and behave like contractors, you know, one thing I would suggest is that, you know, maybe they take a step back and evaluate if they're where they want to be, right? Um, if the company is um, exercising their values and behaviors and they have all of those things in order and in priority and you come into an organization and let's say you faked your way in, right? And you get there and you, you start to become the sour seed. Um, you know, as that individual person, employee in that organization, I would suggest that you take a step back and decide if this is where you want to be. Um, do I align with the company values? Am I going to be able to engage on a level that they expect me to? On the flip side of that, you know, as a leader, if you're leading someone that's disengaged on that level, I would I would suggest that you interact and intervene quickly and early, particularly if it's a new hire situation. Um, the one thing you don't want is that sour seed that continues to grow um, because it's going to upset the the rest of the team or the organization, perhaps. But um, you know, if you're that employee and you feel and you act like a contractor, you know, take a look at the things that are going on around you. With what is that company doing? Are they doing employee satisfaction surveys? Are they doing upward feedback surveys? And are you including yourself in those to give that constructive feedback? And if you are, I think you have to um, allow the company an opportunity to engage with you as a person in that organization, as part of that culture and say, you know, here's what we heard. How would you like for us to make adjustments? And then you be engaged at a level that you know, is different from a contractor. Sometimes those freelancers are going to behave differently because they're there just to do a project. But as an employee, you made a conscious decision to be part of that organization. And I think you have to evaluate yourself on that. Otherwise, you probably don't need to be there. Well, and like we say, a lot of times in our sessions, you know, in front of the room, it, as employees, we can't sit there with our arms crossed and say, this place sucks. Somebody better make me happy. Right. I mean, you, you can respectfully call out things that aren't going well, who that's survey mechanisms or talking to your leader in an appropriate way. But what you can't do is take yourself out of the possible solution as well. Right. And just like, well, once y'all get it figured out, I'll start being engaged again. That doesn't work. And I think that was well said that, that this is, I do think a shift. I don't even say a shift, maybe a development in our work environment. And I alluded to it as we got started. Right. I think it was led by companies doing the same thing, honestly, but now employees and individuals are picking up on it and being like, okay, well, I'm not going to put any more in this, than you are. And I get the, I, from a human nature perspective, I get that. I get that feeling. I get the reason you want to do that. Look out for myself, you know, take care of me and mine. I get it. But that may be like what you just said, Melissa, that may be pointing the, to the fact that you're not in the right position, right? If you can do things correctly and your company can't do them correctly, well then go find a different company. And I know that's easier said than done. I'm not belittling or making light of the fact that people have to pay bills and all of that. But for the long-term health and wellness of you and your family, you might need to make a different decision. But if you are in a place that's doing, trying to do the right things, doesn't mean that they're perfect, doesn't mean they won't get it wrong sometimes, but if they are trying to improve, then you've got to be part of the solution. You can't sit back and be like, nope, I'm here for my 
40, 50, 60 hours, whatever. I'm here for this paycheck. I don't care. You know, just leave me alone. That's not going to work because guess what? This is a bigger picture than just you. This is a bigger picture than any just one person. And that's, I do think, again, not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but something we've tried to be very intentional about. And Brianna, you talked about it being a contractor, uh, an actual contractor for our team. But we've tried to do that with different people we've had help us over the years. We have lots of partners, contractors, part-time employees. We've had a variety of people help us over the last 10 years. And what we've always tried to do is make sure we're bringing on people that align with our mission and our vision. And we have our own little culture guide that we encourage other companies to create that we can help you come up with if you don't have it, but written down reasons for what you're doing, the the passion and the, the vision behind where you're going. Um, and that's the kind of thing that you've got to unite around, whether you're a contract employee, a full-time employee, whatever your position in the company is, you this isn't going to work if we don't share that same big picture and that same goal. Um, and hopefully, like you've said, Brianna, that that's uh, going well here that we, we don't care what, I mean, we, we care deeply, but we don't care what you're doing with your other 20, 30 hours a week. Sometimes like, we know that you're where you need to be. And when you're helping us, you are pushing our mission and our vision forward. Right. And that, and hopefully we create that flexibility, but then we also trust that you're bringing that same uh, passion and loyalty to the table. So anyway, I, I know it can be a more complex topic than this, but I do think sometimes we overlook the simple things and make it more complex than it has to be. Um, and, and really, if, if somebody's not living out the mission and the vision and the, the values of this company, I don't care what their pay stub says. You, there needs to be a difficult conversation and some corrective action there. And I think that goes both ways. Anything else from you? I, I know I, I went on a rant there just because I'm passionate about this as well. I mean, I think that being in small business my whole career, I think there's something to be said with hiring the right people because one person out of six or one person out of 10 or even 20, 25, I mean, I've never been in a company with more than 25 people. So that's a big deal, right? Because that person is a large percentage of your workforce, if that makes sense, right? Not that a bad seed can't affect a big company either, but it's a big deal when you're going to be seeing this person every day, you know, and working with them. So I, I do think that you've got to have that alignment missionally and, and vision wise. So anyway, but anything else from y'all, uh, I'll, I'll stop talking now. Well, and just with the, you know, attracting employees, I think that contractors, you know, there, you do have this side that they're just, you know, they're in it for themselves and, uh, you know, elevating themselves and advancing themselves. But I think there are a lot of contractors out there who want that kind of company loyalty and that has their ducks in a row that this is who we are. This is who we want. These are our mission. These are our values. I mean, I think you're going to attract some great um, freelancers and contractors having that out. And you mentioned the culture guides. I know that was just a game changer, like coming to a company that had something like that, that communicated that. And, and then over the years, seeing that lived out, it's not just, um, you know, words on paper. I think that's so important, but attracting those stars, whether they are full-time employees or contractors key. So that is very true. What you said, because just as, you know, uh, an organization might use a template temp agency as a recruiting tool. I don't necessarily recommend that, but it does happen. And from time to time, you do find that gem, right? You find that person through that temp agency network that fits your culture and you bring them in and you convert them to a full-time employee pretty quickly when that happens. But also to your point, Brianna, the flip side, the contractors, there are some great ones out there and they are just looking for the right place to land full-time. And because of their skill set being superb, 
they have the opportunity to kind of fish around and find what opportunity is best for them. And I can't tell you how many contractors we brought on full-time employees because yeah. they loved the culture. They loved the environment and they felt like they were part of a greater mission. So it absolutely works both ways. Well, thank you both. And thank you to our listeners for um, just tuning in to see what we had to say on this topic. Hopefully something we said uh, pointed you in the right direction there, but um, keep following us um, and listening uh, to other topics that'll be coming your way. Uh, thanks for participating and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for your future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.